0: Welcome to the Employment Law and HR Podcast with your host, Alison Colley. Hello and welcome to this episode 177 of the Employment Law and HR Podcast. I'm your host, Alison Colley. I'm an employment solicitor And I run the firm Real Employment Law Advice, where we provide advice and assistance to both employers and employees on all aspects of employment law, anything ranging from dealing with employment contracts through to representation at the Employment Tribunal. Now, in today's episode, I'm sort of following on the the theme of the episodes 174 and 175 of the podcast, which were around hybrid working. And talking about some of the considerations that you need to think about for hybrid working. So, whilst I'm not specifically talking about hybrid working, I am going to be talking about home working. It is relevant in relation to considerations for hybrid working, where you are going to have staff working at home some of the time and in the office some of the rest of the time. So, without further ado, I'm going to get into this week's featured content. <laughs> As I was saying I'm going to be talking about home working and really what I wanted to do in this episode is to bring you some practical tips on how to manage home workers. If you're considering either keeping home working in the long term or like I say going over to a hybrid working model there are some things that you need to consider outside of the sort of legal considerations much of which I covered in episode one. 7.5 Seven five of the podcast which I'll put a link in the show notes so you can go back and listen to that if you need to. But in essence this is about the practical steps and what I'm doing in this episode is taking from my own experience. So when I set up the business Real Employment Advice, initially I was working on my own and I was working from home and I set the business up in such a way that you could literally work from anywhere. So everything is in the cloud and nothing is tied to a particular location, so as to avoid that need to work in an office or only to be able to work from my home office. When I first started the business, I did a lot of moving around, going to see people in various locations for meetings and that sort of thing, so it made sense for me to be able to access information from anywhere I wanted to work, basically. And so what it meant was, when I took on my first uh, solicitor employee, Um, which is Miranda who's worked with me now since 2016 and it meant that Miranda was able to start working from home and the arrangement was that we set it up so that she worked from home and that's the way it's always been and because as I say I'd set things up quite readily in the cloud and quite easy to use it meant the transition for having someone else working with me was much smoother but there are a few things I've learned from having colleagues who work from home, and now there are three solicitors in total who work with me, who all work from home. There's Miranda, who's based in Salisbury. There's Harvinda, who's based in Eastleigh, and then there's Kaylee, who's based in Durham. So the first thing that I considered when I took on somebody working from home was how am I going to deal with their induction. And for me, it was really important that the induction took place face to face. So much of what we discussed and did in the induction could, of course, be dealt with by Teams or Zoom or some other formats. Um, But actually, for me, going to see someone in their home working environment to undertake their induction and have that induction face to face was really important. So if you do have somebody who is starting with you and new, who's working from home, or who is moving to working from home, then I strongly recommend that you have a meeting in their home so that you can see their setup. And that's one of the conditions of people working from home is to say that you must allow us to attend your home for the purpose of reviewing equipment or servicing equipment or undertaking a health and safety risk assessment. So I wanted to make sure that they had a suitable working environment where they could work safely for them but also where things could be kept confidential. So going and having that face-to-face induction and reviewing their working space is really important if you're going to have home workers. Now I know when... COVID hit and everybody was sent home to work it was very rushed and these kinds of things couldn't happen and so we were kind of working on emergency measures for many many months and those have only really stopped recently and so what I would say to you is if you haven't been to undertake a risk assessment in person at a home workers home office and you're planning on them working from home on the long-term basis now you should make sure that you're undertaking that risk assessment and just reviewing their working space. Now it may not always be possible, depending on where they're located, to physically go and see them. I get that. I'm talking about situations where you can send someone along. It's worth making that investment. If you can't send anybody along to physically go and see it, then you could ask the employee to undertake a tour of their working environment um, via Teams or Zoom or even via WhatsApp call, so that they can move around if they've got a fixed desk or a fixed computer that they can't move. So that you can physically see the space all around in which they're working to reassure yourself again that they're working in a safe environment but also that there is that ability to keep information about your business confidential. The next thing that is really important when you have people working from home is to ensure that they have clear expectations about what is required of them and when they are required to be working and to be available. So for example, if you have home workers who are heavily customer facing and you need to make sure that they're available at set times, then you could set those parameters of work for them. So you must be available and ready to work from nine o'clock until five o'clock for example if you have traditional hours. So it's setting that expectation. If however you run a business that isn't customer facing and there isn't a requirement for them to be available at set times, then it might be that you have a results working arrangement with them. So it's rather than time-based, you say, actually, as long as you undertake your work at some time, you know, between Monday and Friday, um, we're quite happy for you to be flexible about your working hours, and to undertake the work at the time that suits you. Now, again, that may not work for you if you need them to be available for meetings or for client calls or emails, that kind of thing. But if it's a the kind of work where they can undertake it any time, then you can be a bit more flexible. But it really, is about setting out at the outset what the expectation is them about their availability. Following on from having clear expectations about availability and times of work is about communication. So it's about ensuring that you are aware when those members of staff are available, or so that colleagues know that they're available. And this isn't about checking up on people, and it isn't about creating an environment where they're being watched all the time, but really it's about having a team that understands when their colleagues are available. And so I would recommend that you have a system where, for example, we use Teams, where we have a chat and everybody can access that. And if somebody is available, they'll put a note on there saying I'm available to take calls or if they're going out for lunch or going to a meeting or they're just having some quiet time, then they put on there that they're available or not. And in the morning everybody just says hi, we're here kind of thing and at the end of the day just signing off, have a good evening. Um, So that everybody knows what their expectation is when somebody is available and for example to put calls through or to provide them with work and that sort of thing. So um, as well as saying when they're required to be available it's about communication about their availability. And this will help if you have a manager or supervisor who is struggling with the idea about staff working from home and maybe having some trust issues with them. If you have a clear method of communication and an expectation that they are required to put their availability on there and when they're working and when they're not working, then that will also help to alleviate some of those issues from managers or supervisors who are struggling with remote workers. Now the next thing to consider after you've thought about the expectations of work time and communication is actually what's required of the individual. What is the output that they're required to do during their working day? And is that clear to them? Has it been communicated? Does everybody understand what your expectations are? Again, where homeworking is a new thing in your organisation or it's new for the managers, it would be really helpful for all involved, to have that set out very clearly so that when you undertake reviews with staff, you can see and measure against what's required of them. That way it helps with measuring what they're doing and making sure that homeworking really is working for you. Then it comes on to communication again, thinking about how you create a cohesive team when everybody is working apart from each other. And how do you encourage that team relationship that would ordinarily happen naturally when people are working together in the same office? Well, in my business, we have a Monday morning meeting every week where we get together on teams. We all see each other, chat and talk about the business and what's happening And then the team actually have their own meeting for half an hour on a Wednesday where they get together for coffee and have a chat without uh, myself or Tony, the business manager, being present. They get to talk amongst themselves as if they would in the office and that helps to build that personal relationship between them without it feeling like work or where we're talking about the business. And then on a daily basis we have a check-in call in the morning and in the afternoon so at the very least we have that interaction like you would if someone were coming into the office where you say morning how are you doing how's the evening and then at the end of the day how have things gone today what have you been up to um, what are you doing this evening kind of thing and what are your plans for tomorrow so we have that twice daily check-in by telephone or by teams um, every day with each member of staff Now I appreciate you might be thinking well your team is fairly small Alison and that's easy to do when you have a small team. Well what I would say about that is if you do have larger teams then hopefully you have managers who have a manageable number of people to supervise and manage and they should be undertaking those check-ins in much the same way as they would as if they were in the office. So just because somebody is remote and you're having a call with them it doesn't have to take any longer than a brief chat in the office as you're kind of going past somebody's desk so um that's how i would get around that objection if you have that objection from managers and supervisors who say they don't have enough time to do that and then i appreciate during covid it's not really been possible but um in normal covid times i would go and have a regular face to face meeting with um, members of staff at least um, once a quarter where we meet and have lunch and get to see how they're doing and make sure that they're okay and of course we have a one-to-one on a monthly basis which takes place via teams where there's a set sort of agenda but it really is just to catch up about work. So there are a number of touch points in relation to keeping up with staff, creating that team environment and Again, it's just about communication and making sure that you are regularly in touch and that everybody has that opportunity to chat, um, not only to you as their manager, but also to each other. Now, of course, if you're going for the hybrid working model, by its very nature, having people in the office for part of the time will mean that you can, of course, create those relationships in much the same way and you can manage staff and have those regular catch ups with them. So what I've been talking about here are those people who are working from home full time. It's really important to be purposeful about your communication and making sure that you still create that team environment amongst the home workers. Finally, in relation to things like equipment and desks and chairs and telephones, all of that sort of thing. It's important to set out at the outset of the relationship or the outset of the homeworking relationship. Who's going to be responsible for what? Again, during the sort of emergency COVID times, people have been able to just muddle through and get on with what they can. But if it's going to be a long-term relationship, then you need to think about what kind of you know, PC they're working on, what chair they have, what desk they have. And the way in which we work in my firm is all of the computer equipment and telephones and stationery and that kind of thing is supplied by us um, but the individuals are required to provide their own furnishings for their office and that includes things like desks and chairs but they have to be appropriate for being able to work in them long term. And the reason I set it up like that is because um, one of the logistics of getting furnishings for every individual and also because it's very personal some people might like some piece of furniture that goes with their room or they might have decorated in a particular way and so rather than having several different types of desks and chairs then it's down to the individual to arrange that now of course you might have a different arrangement in your organization or you might be thinking actually we've got a whole office full of desks and chairs that we don't need because everybody's working from home and therefore staff can be provided with those. The other thing that we do is have a list of suppliers um, who can help out when things go wrong remotely. So, for example, in relation to our IT and telephones and software that we use, there are helplines and people available to help from wherever they may be in the country so it's important that if you're thinking about suppliers and people to help you if you don't have that internally to think purposefully about is this a provider who can access systems remotely and knows how to do that and will they be able to help us out they don't necessarily have to go and physically be present in order to be able to help for example with a pc or it issue And then the final thing I want to touch upon is in relation to work boundaries and making sure that a work-life balance is maintained. Now I talked about this when we're talking about hybrid working before, but I think it's really important when people are working from home permanently and there is no expectation or requirement for them to go to an office, that you do manage their work time and ensure that they're not tipping into working all hours of the night and day. Now, I said earlier, you might have set up the relationship so that they can work when it's convenient for them. If they're doing the work and you don't need to fulfill client needs, then it might be that they work better from five to 11 at night every day. But what you don't want to see is staff working way over and above their contracted hours and at different times of the day. So it's important that you nip that in the bud as soon as possible. So for example, if an employee sends an email late at night or at the weekend, then we do have a quick chat with them and see what's happened, why that was happening and make sure that that doesn't become a regular thing. So it's setting that expectation and understanding that that isn't required. And one of the things that I do is because it is my business and I do work at different times because of childcare and other requirements of the business I do set it up so that I will send emails that go out in the morning so that basically my team aren't receiving emails from me in the evening or late at night because I don't want them to feel that there's an expectation that they are working those hours or that they're required to reply so it's very clear And also I try wherever possible to schedule the email so they go and arrive in their inbox in the morning during working hours. So those are just a few of my practical tips on making homeworking work in practice. That is to say, you need to set the relationship up with the expectations from the very beginning about times of work, the work that's required from them when they are at work, the ways in which you'll communicate and make sure you're communicating frequently, not only between yourself and the individual, but amongst the team themselves, that you look at and think purposefully about equipment and what you're going to provide and who's going to be responsible for that. And that you make sure that staff aren't working beyond their normal contracted hours and that there is that work-life balance maintained. As I always say, the best managers really know and understand their team and that's the same whether you work in the same office as somebody or you work 500 miles apart. You need to really know your, your staff and understand them and the only way you can do that is by regular communication that's meaningful and that you are consistent in the way in which you communicate and manage them. As always, if you'd like any help in relation to implementing homeworking in your organization, if you'd like a homeworking policy or any amendments to your employment contracts to reflect the fact that you're working from home, then please don't hesitate to get in touch. We can, a lot of the time, provide you with a fixed fee for that work, So we can provide you with a quote, we'll have an initial telephone call with you or a Teams meeting which gives you no obligation. You can ask us as many questions as you want in that time and then we'll follow it up with a quote for the work that's required. Alternatively, if you're looking to explore having regular HR advice and access to a qualified employment solicitor, For a fixed monthly cost then you may find our HR harbour service is something that would be beneficial to your business. Again for a fixed monthly cost you can have access to any number of documents that are required that are bespoke to your business. If you'd like a quote or any further information then please don't hesitate to get in touch. My email is alison at realemploymentoradvice.co.uk and I would love to hear from you. Many thanks for listening and I look forward to speaking to you again in two weeks' time. Thanks again for listening. Just want to finalise by saying I wouldn't be a lawyer unless I had a legal disclaimer. So I must just say to you, that the information in this podcast is for information only it's general review and a general update it's always necessary to get specific legal advice about your circumstances so please don't rely on anything that you've heard in this podcast but please do feel free to contact me if you'd like further information or specific advice